Marketing Movement by Refine Labs. But it has been interesting. Like the, I, I'm still able to, I, you know, I have the notifications coming in, so I'm still able to get over there and, and engage with people when they do. But those TikToks are getting thousands of views across multiple places, which I think is just pretty cool. I think, I think, and I, I, I think we'll probably get into this topic, uh, and I, I'd love to hear your take on it. But like, so the the big thing that that I'm seeing right now that recently since I've been putting out more TikTok content is people, especially on LinkedIn, the 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 narrative. 99% of the time is like, this is a waste of time. Yes, I see that you can get a lot of views, but those views are, you know, junk views and they're not going to, they're not going to move any dial. And I know that you especially have been able to turn a lot of that TikTok audience into revenue. So I would love yeah. just to, uh, this is going to be an awesome sound clip of like why B2B people, companies, whatever should be on TikTok now rather than a year from now when they realize they made a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've generated quite a bit of uh, revenue off of TikTok, but the one that like blew my mind the most was uh, when a $5 billion uh, energy company uh, saw one of my TikToks and, you know, it's a, it's an, you know, it's an entrepreneurial type person who, who found it. And he's just like that. I want to do that. And he just reached out to me, um, scheduled the call, pretty much cut all the red tape that it would take to work with a company like that. Cause I even told him, I was like, I was like, I'm not going to survive your procurement process. Like my, my service isn't, <laughs> my service isn't set up to go through all of that. Like I want to like get on a call with you and basically close the deal. Like that's what I, that's how I like to, to do things. And most of my clients do work that way. And yeah, he just, we just worked it out and um, hired me. And so now I'm just on a retainer with those guys and I'm helping them think through strategy. And then we're going to just kind of see how things go from there. And, and he, like, it, what's interesting about that relationship is like, they don't even know exactly what they want either. Like, I mean, they, they do, but in a sense, they're just like, let's just kind of figure this out. Like, we, we just want to start working with you, see how you can help us think this stuff through. And uh, so I think that was one of the, the coolest, just um, re, re, just like proof, I guess, that, that that can happen. And then I've had all sorts of other clients that I've gotten as well, which are my more typical type of client, which is like consultants and, and uh, coaches and thought leaders and, and that kind of thing. But, you know, the, the main thing that I, I realized was I was just like a year ago, right? I was just I was just flipping through TikTok here and there. And then I was just like, well, if I'm doing it, somebody else is doing it. And if there's no reason why my content, like there's no reason why I couldn't just put it. It's, I'm not going to dance, although I do a couple dances here and there. Uh, <laughs> I was like, but if there's no reason why I couldn't just be my piece of content that pops up. And then, and then the other light bulb that went on my head was just like, well, everybody that got onto LinkedIn way before me, like, they took advantage of that. And like, you know, you see like Chris Walker, it's like he got on there early enough to like really, you know, take advantage of it. Um, and so I was just like, man, that's, I want to do that. I want to be one of the early birds to something finally. And, um, and then not only that, but there's the whole like, it really ups your game 
in terms of content creation. So you get, you get a lot more creative about how you do things. You have to deliver the value really fast. Um, although some people will figure out ways of not doing that. I think you know, every personality has their place. But I think it, you do have to learn how to deliver the values fast. So you learn how to create content. And then uh, I think, you know, uh, Chris talks about this a lot too, is like, um, it takes a while to learn how to even create content. And so that's a skill in itself. And like TikTok, there's no better place right now to learn how to make content really fast. A hundred percent. And I, I think the point you made about you just flipping through, through TikTok before you even started creating is like the point that everybody misses, right? Like they think TikTok is, or or honestly any channel like in its infancy, maybe excluding LinkedIn, but like you think about Facebook, you think about Instagram, you know, all these channels were at one point in the same spot that that TikTok is now. I remember when I, When I first started at, at well.com and we first started creating YouTube content, you know, that was in the times of like insane Facebook organic reach. And like, same thing. I was, I was chopping stuff up and putting it on Facebook. And it's like, you don't know how many times like I heard from different people that like, like, oh yeah, this guy's just, you know, he's, he's on Facebook all day. Like, what does he really do? You know, it's like, yeah. You know, like welders aren't on Facebook; they're they're on job sites. It's like <laughs> just because someone's not like using the product to research like work things doesn't mean you still can't reach the demographic that you're trying to reach. Because yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and I think the- that's that's where where leaders get hung up is like you know they they want. They want instant gratification and they completely forget that like, you know, through organic content or even paid content, if you do it right, you know, it's a way to get in front of your, your potential buyers in a non-hostile, non-sales pitchy sort of way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've always, I asked all my clients, I was like, so how much time do you spend on TikTok? And they're like, way too much. <laughs> Anybody who has the app is like, yeah, I, yeah, the only problem with it is, you know, I turn it on like trying to, you know, figure it, I got something to do for five minutes and three hours later, I realize what time it is. Like, yeah, when, I mean, people are going, the people are going there to entertain. So they're like, their brains are like accepting information. Yeah. hundred percent. I, 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 I tell this joke a lot, but I don't know anybody that tells me they're going to go home and watch LinkedIn, you know, like, you know. <laughs> Hundred percent, it's true. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think it, TikTok is—it's just like all around. It's a—I mean, even if things change, and um, I'm sure they will, um, but it just seems like it, it seems like a no-brainer to me. Um, but yeah. people do have—you, you, you, <clears throat> I think you do have to get out there and just kind of be yourself and and go for it, which I think well, is and, the hardest. And that's the thing too that I think a lot of people get hung up on, right? especially in our space, like B2B, like very LinkedIn-centric people, you know, they're thinking about this from a company perspective and they're trying to sell this to their company. Like, we need to create a a company account on TikTok. Like, to those people, I would say, like, just 
skip that step completely go create your your own content you can you can say the same messaging that you know that would would come out of a company account if you were running that company's page it's just you delivering the message which on tiktok you know i'd argue that's better anyway so like yeah figure out how it works build an audience now because a year from now and we already see it starting right like i started my tiktok not too long ago and i see people following me that follow me on linkedin i see companies starting to do pages now it's like it's starting and you know this this organic reach and it's even it's gone down since i started my my first tiktok account like a year and a half two years ago like oh it's gone down significantly since then so like we're not even at the at the you know the top of when it was but like that just shows you that you know you need to hop on now or you know once this train has left the station like you're going to be struggling to to hop a hop a ride you know yeah my my guess is that there will be more and more people coming on board so like the audience like there'll be more people um so maybe that helps keep something level but yeah it's like you got to get on there and create a bunch of content as well like i've helped a couple of different people grow pretty fast like one of my one of my clients got up to like 80k in um in in uh followers in a couple of months um but they were also pretty niche and they were helping people with something that's you know you know close to the heart um so i think those kind of things help but at the same time everybody has that opportunity um so yeah, I mean, and, and but you got to get out there and try a bunch of things. So the other thing is like I I know like specific videos like do well. Like I just did one this this week that I knew would would do well, and and it is. So you kind of start to learn what videos kind of pop and which ones don't. I still make ones that don't because I just feel like they're important messages. Um, I I do find at least f- for my content the stuff that that does better is the stuff that is is pretty practical like you can really take it and use it some of the more general advice that like might explode on on linkedin uh sometimes just doesn't at least doesn't hit for me um, on tiktok i think the other thing too is you know and i think you're a really good example of this and there's a couple other people that are really good examples of this that i think the common misconception with with companies or people first getting on TikTok or even before they get on TikTok is like in order to hit these these this massive organic growth like you have to jump on a trend right mm, which is right, right, which right, is right. 100% not the case at all i mean yeah if you can relate a trend to b2b great but like you don't need to that doesn't have to be your strategy i mean i i run an account that it's at this point it's probably about a month old and i had four videos up that were all in like the hundreds of views nothing great the fifth video i put up it went for four and a half million views i went from 20 followers to eight or nine thousand followers in the course of like three days and then every single piece of content that I put out now, so like the same thing, I put out content on that channel every single day. Every single one, minimum they're getting like 10 to 15K, but like two or three times a week, one goes off for like half or three quarters of a million views. Wow. And that is, that is awesome. 
there are zero trends on that channel. Not a single, not a single trend. With the exception yeah, of maybe putting like a, a catchy piece of audio behind it, right? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, if there's a trend and it just so happens that I feel like I could do something fun with it and I feel comfortable with it, I'll, I'll do it. Like I did one yesterday um, that I just thought, I thought was funny. I was just being goofy. Uh, but it's probably actually quite dangerous to do that because then people are following you for that. Like, yeah. You, and you don't really want them to follow you because of that. Like, like there's a lot of people on TikTok teaching you how to do TikTok and they're like, trend alert, like <laughs> go do this trend. And I'm like, I, I, it's just like, I think that's a dangerous game to play. Cause like, you don't want people to follow you for, for trends. Like, right. I mean, you're not, that's, that's not something that's, I mean, I could be wrong, but like, that's not something to me that's easily monetized or, or helps your business in any way. Yeah. So. Well, cool. So on, on the subject of, on, of YouTube, um, this is something that I, I want to grow my YouTube channel. Um, I really haven't just had the time to devote to it, but like, like you, you've built a successful one. You did that in 2011, uh, or I think that's what you said. Um, yeah. So it started, started in 2011. Uh, I ran the channel up until, um, December of, of 2020. Nice. So, so how, how are you thinking about building a YouTube channel today, like in 2021, almost 2022? Um, it, it really depends on what your, what your content strategy looks like, right? So like the way I look at it, um, there's, there's two, two categories you can be in. Um, one of those categories is you are creating YouTube specific content. Like that is the piece of content that you're creating as your, your, you know, foundation for everything else that you cut up and build, um, which obviously makes it a whole lot easier, um, because you know exactly like you're shooting this for, for YouTube, um, the other thing, like like what we're doing now uh, with what I'm doing at Refine Labs, is you have something like a podcast that is your your foundational piece of content, um, and YouTube is is one of those mechanisms that you use to to stack the growth the the growth on that content, right? Um, so either way. I think the most important thing, uh, and I, I talk about this a lot, um, is you really have to, and I know Chris talks about this a lot too, is you really have to understand who is watching your video, or this is any content really, but who's watching your video, why they're watching it, and then the, the, the secret is to get them to, to engage with you. So I talk about, like I talk about trolls a lot, and like how, how one of the things that, that we really use to our advantage is people that disliked our content. So I think it's, YouTube is, is I mean, notorious for people dropping down into your comments and, and telling you what was wrong or why your content sucked or whatever. And- Yeah, that, that, yeah those are the most ones I get on, on uh, YouTube. Well, the, honestly, like if that's what you get the most, like, that is the best possible comment that you can get. And I'll tell you why. So there's a, there's a couple different scenarios, right? 
um, when you get a non-believer or troll or whatever you want to call it. So one is like the, the constructive piece of feedback, right? So like if you put something out on YouTube on how to automate your content process and someone came down into your comment section and was like, I try this, this is, this is absolute bullshit. It doesn't work like whatever. Okay. So most people's reaction to that is I'm going to go down to the comment section and tell them that they're a moron and it absolutely <laughs> does work. Like I do this every day, yeah. which I mean, I will admit like when I first started YouTube, like th that is your gut reaction to just like defend your piece of content. Um, but at some point, uh, and we can, we can go into this story if you want, but like at, at one point I realized, okay, instead of like, fighting fire with fire with this guy. Let me go down into the, into the comments and see what his thoughts are. Like why, where in the process did, did this not work for him? Like in the, in the content creation case. And, and basically you've got a couple options. The best option is find out the guy's information and like have a behind the scenes talk and if you can logistically manage it, like create a piece of content with this person. So like in, in this example, like, hey, I'm, I'm here with, you know, Joe Schmo. He tried to use my automation process. It completely failed for him. So I've got him on the on the channel today. And like, we're going to go through this. We're going to work on his on his, you know, automation process. And we're going to get it working for him. And then. I mean, that's best case scenario, right? Because at that point, you you already know it's going to work because you do it all the time. And you turn this guy that that is a, you know, complete naysayer or non-believer in what you do, and you completely flip the script. So one, you put him in a piece of content. So like, I don't care who it is. They're going to love you forever. Like if you showcase them, right. <laughs> especially if they're, if, especially if they're, if they're talking negatively about you and then you, you come over and like, you put them in the spotlight, like they're going to love you forever for that. Um, and what I've found happens when you do that is instead of this person just like leaving and, and you know, I, I leave a bad comment. I never come watch your, your content again. That person will come and they will literally they'll watch all your content and then they will go down into the comments and they will be like the biggest evangelist you ever had in your comment section. So like they're going to go down there and they're going to be, they're going to be the exact opposite as, as before. They're just going to be singing your praises. There's going to be other people leaving comments. They're going to, if it's a negative comment, they're going to tell the person why they're wrong. Like they almost become like the bouncer of your channel. Right? So that's best case scenario. Worst case scenario is um, they they don't really you, you reach out to them either they don't respond or they you know get snarky and they they don't want to to work with you um, and they just they just go away right so like my biggest thing is I would much rather have a troll that shows up every single week and tells me I'm an idiot than a troll that shows up once and then like, I don't like this channel, I'm, I'm leaving and never coming back. Yeah. Cause, cause one, when they leave and they never come back, you lost, 
you lost that that view, that watch time, you know, whatever your your vanity metrics. Um, but when they come back and they tell you you're an asshole every single week, what happens is and. Some people get a little upset when I tell them like this is this is what I used to do because they think it's it's wrong or whatever. But, you know, I, I don't feel bad about it because I always try to work with the person first. But like if they if they continue to to just like troll everything, it's not constructive. It's just like you're an idiot type of type of comments. Then what I generally would do is instead of deleting the comment or banning the person or whatever, disliking it so it goes to the bottom, I would pin it to the top. Wouldn't engage with it, wouldn't comment on it, but I would pin it to the top. So what happens is like when you have the the other guy that, that trolled before, but you turned him and, and now he's coming back, he's patrolling that comment section, right? So like your your diehard followers the first thing they do is they drop down into the comments Mm. and they they will they will go back and forth in your comment section for for you i i've had threads of people like battling it out between them that are 150 comments long and like what what better for (laughs) your channel is to have all this engagement in your in your comment section and it, yeah. it's not just for like the vanity metric of number of comments, but like think about it. YouTube cares about watch time, right? If if I show up on on your video and I drop down to the comments, because like believe, think about it. Like people people will go into the comments before the video's even over. Like they just go down there. Right. If I'm going back and forth with a person. I don't care about what's on the screen. Like it's just, right. it's just playing and playing and playing. And YouTube cares yep. about click-through rate and they care about watch time. And then after that, they care about session time. So if I can get them to the next video, if they're, if they're commenting for that entire video, they, in YouTube's eyes, they watch the whole video and it's gonna get suggested more and someone else is gonna see it. And that's gonna let somebody else who actually can use that piece of content to see it because YouTube's suggesting it now outside of my of my you know normal subscribers or people that it wouldn't normally show the content to. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and the same thing happens on TikTok too, because like you drop into the comments, the video's just sitting there scrolling or like looping in the back. Hundred percent. And and to to your point, like going back to like our original automation question about engaging with people, I think this is like it highlights that, right? Because like look at like the minutiae you're talking about in terms of how to grow some of these things. Is like like how do you handle trolls, like pinning specific content to the or comments to the top. Um, it really gets into the weeds to make some of this stuff uh, take off. And I think honestly, like what when it comes to when it comes, and this is this is not just for trolls, but this is really with anybody who's engaging with your content. People always do it in the beginning. They start out like, oh, "I'm going to comment on every single, respond to every single comment, and like all that kind of stuff." But what they don't do is like, "Okay, that's cool. Like, if I go on a channel that I really like, and the the creator comments back, like, yeah, that's cool. But that's not going to make me come back every single week." what what people need to do 
and this goes to learning about your customer or your viewer. If you're a YouTube creator and that's like your thing, your customer is your audience. So what, what people don't do, and I attribute this to a lot of our success to this is we would go down into the comments and then literally create like a, like a, a spreadsheet or a, we did it on a whiteboard, but like a, a list of, of content videos that we we're going to create in direct response to people's questions, comments, whatever. And, and that, I don't think that's uncommon, but what is uncommon is the creator never gives that person credit for it when they create that video. Oh, okay, I see. So like if, if, I'm trying to think of a, of a, of a good example, but like, let's say I'm going to use, I'm going to use welding just because this is like where our channel was. But like, let's say, um, we're welding on a piece of aluminum and someone says, you know, that weld looks great, but I'd love to, to see like a, a piece of content before that, how you set up your machine to get those results. Like, okay, let, let's do that. And you know, a week or two from now, whenever we have the the capacity to do that video, you know, Joe Schmo, you know, commented back in this video, we'll take a little screenshot of his actual comment, post it up there, you know, so we're, this one's in direct response to, to Joe's question. And here's how you do it. Joe, drop down in the comments below, hope if this, if there's something we left out that you still need, let us know. We'll create something else to, to answer that question. And like engaging in your actual content and not just in your comments is how you take somebody who is interested in your topic and they see your videos every now and then to someone who's like, I'm going to go back and, and watch this every single time. And whether it's on the piece of content that they created or not, I'm coming to ask my questions. I mean, that's what that's what people do with with demand gen live every single week like we have an agenda we have topics that we're going to talk about on demand gen live but i would i would say 80 percent or more of those live events are dedicated to people asking their question and nine times out of ten it's not it's not directly related to what the what the the agenda item was. They come there because they know Chris will answer their question. Not right, because right. I mean sometimes it's obviously it's we've got like a core group that will show up every week. You've got people that see the agenda items like in an email and they're like I'm interested in that, but you know, a lot of these people because we've built out that 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 following they know if they if they run into a question that they don't know the answer to, like in their everyday job, they can write it down. And Tuesday night at seven thirty, they can come to Demand Gen Live and they can ask, like Chris Walker, who is like, like where 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 can you get that type of advice for free? You can't. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, he's always had a, re- a really. Um just a cool way of going about things, especially like the way he just like jumps on any podcast that that people reach out to him. Yeah. 100%. Whereas like some people that are much not, not, you know, people that are much smaller than him, like they, they're like super picky and he's just like out there doing stuff. So, yeah. so I, I, 
this is like one of I think this is one of my weaknesses actually is like I kind of obsess about process as you can see in my automation stuff. But like how do you how do you keep these like insights that you have top of mind and like make space for them? So like, I, go ahead. We what we did is we had a we had like a 30-day running content calendar, right? And and like we had sponsors and stuff. So like we Sometimes it was it was sponsored content that like we had to do about 90% of the time it was just like having to work their equipment into our the 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 content that we were already going to create. So like we would have 30 days of of content that like we plan out, right? But it would generally take us 6 months to get through that 30 days because every single time a person had Every single time a person commented that it was a, a question or something that we had the capability to respond to, it went ahead of everything else that we already planned. Interesting. And like the planned stuff, like it just got, you, you push it out and push it out and push it out. Yeah, that's something that I could be better about. Because I will say those automation videos, like people just want more of that. They want more and more and more. But, the, yeah. but it will help me out this. Like, but at the same time, like um, that... It's kind of interesting though, because like that isn't the um, the the the, peop the people that end up buying my services. Uh, I don't end up doing much of that with them. Um, in fact, when they ask me to do automation, I'm like, There's, you can't do that. You don't. We got to get your podcast life. We got to do this first. We got to do that first. Um, so I, I guess I, I I guess I I get I stumble there a little bit. I'm like, what should I should I do more automation stuff? Should I answer all those questions, even though that's not necessarily, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, it honestly, like it, it's gonna vary for every, every use case. I would say like that is the, that is the strategy to, to create that like core group of people that will just like sing your praises. Not necessarily the same people that are going to buy your product, but like, right. I'll I'll go back to the Refine Labs Chris Walker example. The people that show up to Demand Gen Live every week and that are answering all these really good questions that we can use to to put out on LinkedIn and YouTube and TikTok and all these other places, like those people are likely never going to become a, a customer. Sure we're just we're doing the same thing that that you just brought up like we're we're responding to them and and they literally they sing our praises to everybody and those are the people that recommend us to somebody else who may be uh, you know in our icp or become a customer mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think i need to sometimes i have a hard time slowing down and just being thoughtful about some of that stuff i think that's probably one of my biggest weaknesses yeah, I think a lot of people, they, the, the hot topic has always been like, you know, uh, subscribers or views or likes or, you know, these are all vanity metrics, right? To me, those are only vanity metrics if you're not doing a well enough job to evangelize those people because like... I'm sorry, but like eyeballs on my content is not a vanity metric. If I'm providing really good, valuable advice to that person, they're gonna go share it with somebody else like who maybe like that's my target customer. 
right, so like right. how can you how can you call views or or any even likes like s- similar similar concept right like if i if i have 10,000 views and you know 8,000 people like it like that tells me something I'm doing something right there and like yes I can't map that straight to like a a dollar amount but like it's not vanity you know what I mean right. yeah it's interesting well cool man this has been insightful for me too like I like uh, we should do this again um, appreciate you being on and uh, I look forward to seeing you on TikTok LinkedIn and uh and interacting some more man this has been great heck yeah man it's been a it's been a lot of fun we gotta we gotta figure out how to do a tiktok collaboration yeah for sure there's not a lot there's not a lot of collabs in the b2b space yet so we gotta do it (laughs) no i I mean i would like i've always i've I've always been trying to interact as much as with uh, refined labs as possible um, you guys just have your own track, so I have to like, <laughs> I have to figure out how to weasel my way in there. But yeah, I mean, I would love to interact with you guys and do something cool. I was just about to um, stitch one of Chris's videos. Uh, but I, I so that's, and I know we're, I know we're like nearing the end here. But like, that's the other thing too. Like, like when I say collaboration, and I've since I've been posting TikToks on LinkedIn, and people are like, like you know what, screw it. Like I'm gonna download it. Like. My go-to response is like, like message me when you do and let's collaborate on something. Like, let me help you get started. And like nine times out of 10, it's like, it's like, well, cool, man. I'll create something and stitch me. It's like, that's kind of a collaboration in the sense that like, we're both on the same piece of content, but like a collaboration to me is like, we are working together to create one piece of content that either you or me okay. or whoever can post. Because in that sense, there's that, I think, I think it was a Peter, I don't know if, if you know who Peter McKinnon is. He's a, he's a YouTube filmmaker, but like he, he says like your greatest asset as a creator and especially a film creator is to always keep the audience like guessing what's going to happen next. So like if you show up on my my TikTok, you know, that's I don't know if shocking's the right word, but it's definitely like it it's not something you see every day. So like it yeah. it gets people to like see like mm, wonder what's going to happen next, you know? So let's do it, man. Oh, where do you live by the way? I'm in St. Petersburg, Florida. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, well let's do it. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll uh, I'll, I'll hit you up and we'll figure something out. Yeah, 100%. All right, Todd, man. So nice to talk with you finally. And uh, it's been awesome, man. I've I've really enjoyed your content. I'm looking forward to figuring more out. Cool, man. It's been a lot of fun. Appreciate it.